Sound Pages is a literary series featuring resident artists in the Jack Straw Writers Program. I wish him much moss furring the edge of the sidewalk his head landed on for the last time last week. This program features the work of 2015 writer Martha Kreiner. She spoke with curator Kevin Kraft about her work. I would like to begin by asking you to tell us a little bit about your current project, what you're working on right now. So at work, I work as a nurse, um, but we have some public funding. So I get these random time surveys throughout the day where I'm asked what I'm doing. I got one today at 11.17. What am I doing at 11.17? And I have to respond and um, code it to see if it's fundable. That's how we get some of our money. So I've started sending myself um, time surveys uh, twice a day and giving myself the opportunity just randomly to look around the world and pay attention, not one of my chief strengths, especially in the middle of the day, and um, use some of the tools of my work life in my poetry life. How long have you been a nurse? Six years. years. Did um, being a nurse lead you to want to write poetry, or did poetry lead you to want to be a nurse? I think actually that writing poetry probably pushed me towards nursing because when I changed my career, I started to think about what I find nourishing throughout the day and being able to touch things, you know, besides the copier button. <laughs> being, you know, today I grabbed somebody's hand. He was, we were talking about something very serious that's affecting his health, and I was able to grab his hand, you know, which you wouldn't normally do in a meeting. I don't know. I'm imagining business life. Right. Um, so I think just paying attention more to what brings delight and joy actually did push me into nursing. So I never thought of poetry as responsible for my nursing career, but maybe it contributed. Why don't we hear a poem? Okay. A massive train orbits a frozen planet as a rebellion bruise is the movie Amy watches while I choose not to read the paper and fan licked and glittered envelopes across the floor instead. Three things to get from the grocery and what to do next is the chugga-chugga mine track I travel most. A hostage of coffee shakes in the cup as I remember this dream. Fistfuls of fingers against the keys, I've lost the music inside the bench. I blink back tears and drop my forehead to the desk later. This job is impossible, I think, but the circular with its early bird coupon implies all the lamps I want, I'll have. And I do when my friend in A-line blue wears a red, red wig. I know it's just a costume, but she is pretty. I know it's just a costume, but she is kind. Out of Sky Mall, Amy makes a game. Okay, you must wear this hat every workday the rest of your life or take all your meals with this giant spoon. Now choose. The staples in this box and a half will last our living days. In our state, there are sea stars, if you could call the sea and beneath it our state. I forget my decimals and figure the season's postage at $294. 
totally worth it. A man crumpled bills into Amy's palms the whole time she grew up. Her phone call is different, the one she can never hang up. Actors throw their heads back lately, eyes crackled by rain and open. Russell Crowe is so mad. Soon, we shall all have enough room to extend our limbs, lie down, stand up. The few rubber bands we have will do for keeping things together. The new year washes down the sidewalks and dries them. On the second day, the soft barrel of mattress rolls us ever closer. Nice. Can you talk a, a little bit about what it is um, that grabs you when it does grab you in the everyday and finally forces you to not ignore the wrist <laughs> and sit down mm-hmm. and tell that story? For a long time, I really, or for a while, I really shied away from including thinking in my poems as a deeply cerebral person and a very linear person. I felt like I was always trying to counteract that with sensory experience and, you know, metaphor and um, things that weren't thoughts. Lately, I'm including more of those because... um, I think that's one of the ways that I come alive again is by having thoughts in reaction to something I read or dreams I had or things I hear on the radio or read in The New Yorker or whatever. So, you know, like one (laughs) – one. so often it's interesting facts. Like I didn't know, for example, that a mule and a mule can't make another mule. Totally didn't know that. A friend of mine told me that recently, and I was like, what? That's crazy. So a lot of times it's a, you know, just a curiosity about a fact or a thought. I don't know what the experience of other, all other poets or other writers is like, but I do find that a lot of times I'm writing a poem that... I'm arranging, I'm just writing what I need. So what I'm hoping for is more tenderness in the world for more of us in it, or I'm hoping that more of us can have a more gentle experience of the world. And so that's what I'm arranging in my poems. I would like to say that's because that's what I'd like to offer the world, but the reason it has some energy behind it is because that's what I need. Now we'll hear a selection from Martha's live reading. The question that I'm often trying to answer when I write arises in large part from the work I do during the day. And that question is this. Is the world we live in arbitrary, capricious, disappointing, unjust or even cruel, or, and, or, and, is it delightful and of interest and curious and miraculous and, on the whole, benevolent? This poem, and most of the poems I write lately, hold that question in their center. And this first poem offers some evidence for consideration. 
data analysis. A massive train orbits a frozen planet as rebellion brews is the movie Amy watches while I choose not to read the paper and blink back tears. My job is impossible, I think, and lick and sticker envelopes I pile around the floor. Three things to get from the grocery and what to do next is the chugga-chugga mind track I travel most. I decide on a basket, but need a cart. And it is cold as a frozen cranberry outside. If only the microwave could hard boil an egg. If only the tweezers weren't so old. And on and on I go. All the actors throw their heads back lately, eyes crackled by faux rain and told by directors, keep them open. Russell Crowe is so mad. The morning's coffee shakes in the cup as I remember this dream. Fistfuls of fingers against the keys, I've lost the music inside the bench. And yet, the circular with its early bird coupon implies all the lamps I want, I'll have. <laughs> and I do when my friend in A-line blue wears a red, red wig. I know it's just a costume, but she is pretty. I know it's just a costume, but she is kind. Out of Sky Mall, Amy makes this game. Okay, you must wear this hat every workday the rest of your life or take all your meals with this giant spoon. <laughs> now choose. For the wounded duck, someone glitters the pond through winter with cornflakes. The staples in this box and a half will last our living days, and the few rubber bands we have will do for keeping things together. In our state, there are sea stars. I know to call them sea stars now, not fish, and to call the abutment of sea and beneath it our state. I forget my decimals and figure the holiday postage at 200 $94. Totally worth it. On the second day, the new year scours down the sidewalks, then dries them. One man pan fries the sirloin his neighbor buys for both of them. They share a table. Yes, our mattress is worn utterly, but that soft barrel, that ache maker, rolls us nightly closer. This next poem is for a patient I knew who did not get his final wish. 
he wanted to die anywhere but the street. I wish him much moss furring the edge of the sidewalk his head landed on for the last time last week. I wish him a mattress of newly chipped bark to soften the slab of dirt beneath the shrubs he stumbled in. I wish all the landmarks he needs, he has maybe this orange safety cone and this tall bicyclist of glittering paint marking the bike lane, two stretched ovals for wheels, and this waist-high plastic box the shape of a house keeping real estate flyers dry, but not that sign. I hope no sign forbids him now to sit or lie down from nine to seven in the downtown commercial zone, where a single hubcap spins by. It turns like an abandoned helm, slow, unpolished, captainless. Caged bulbs light shipping containers from inside, laid end to end, glossed white and corrugated, they make a bright hull in this construction area. Its sea of cranes, their heavy hooks. The festival of wooden boats, he loved that festival, is over. A fat sparrow cheeps. The power lines rig some skyward vessel. Nail heads dot the plywood walk, also brushed white. He wanted to die anywhere but the street, where the fern waves its fingers in the drier vents, forced heat, and the storm drain rusts to flakes in the gutter. Let his body be wrapped in sailcloth and stones. Let the board he somewhere lies on be hefted over a rail where the road swells uphill. Let the loud ship of our city cut her engines so we may send him down the varnished pathway and sailing into the ultimate blue there where the clover surges wide down both sides of the avenue. It's nice to think of him. Um, this last poem is about the therapeutic benefits of Disneyland <laughs> and distraction. It's called competitive sensation. Some people feel the literal sensations of others. When your head gets punched, their necks roll back. I listen best with my hands scalding 
around a paper cup of mango tea or while typing into medical records. Competitive sensation, it's called, like when I flick your thigh with my finger while nicking deep into your deltoid with the syringe. Everyone in New York's, my nurse friend is laughing, <laughs> everyone in New York City is curfewed by the governor and told, I'm not kidding, stay home with your space blanket and your cans of chili. A cork of sadness slides down a mountain of snow is the feeling I have today. The fairy tale I want to tell gives us each three wishes or a godmother because one gentleman spoons corn puffs into his crusted mouth and wears no shoes. They're broken, he says. His socks are ringed with blood and literally rusting, while another stirs bourbon into ensure with his finger and invites me warmly in. My favorite snow melting technology is April. <laughs> but it's not yet April, so Boston's dump trucking it to a central heap. I hold the pregnancy test between a woman's legs and feel for her stream of urine with the stick, while she stuffs the toilet tight with paper towels and manic conversation. I'm trying hard to do no harm, so do not ask what on God's earth has happened to her so far. I mail out valentines, but it doesn't help. I study the virtues, fortitude, etc., but only briefly, then watch the Super Bowl for hours while eating oiled wedges of potato, broiled perfectly, and cupcakes one-third frosting, one-third custard to the core. It's not the gluttony that bothers me. It's that from the couch, a bowl of cereal looks like a friend. When I start to feel nothing, I try starting sentences with I like, or I think of Disneyland. In the shadow of Space Mountain, while curling ketchup onto every fry, is how Amy eats her french fries sometimes. I like the waxy boat they come in and her expert garnishment. Because she twinkles at dusk and flutters her sequined fin while mouthing happy birthday to every smitten guest wearing a birthday button, Ariel is my favorite princess. When the turn is mine, I squeeze the life from Mickey's arm. The sleeve is crisp, his arm slender. In Southern California, a mound of made snow cools a dark arena filled with toboggans and a celebrity snowman who likes warm hugs. A waste of resources, of course, but see how we line up. Back home, I write, I hope you find hope on a golden slip of paper and fold it into the hands of a man who needs it. 
we both do. I think of the five-year-old ahead of us in line who placed her whole head in Mickey's mouth. <laughs> like a sacrifice she was willing to make or a test of faith she was passing for all of us. Sound Pages is a Jack Straw production. The 2015 curator of this program is Kevin Kraft. This episode of Sound Pages was produced by Daniel Gunther and Levi Fuller. Recording engineers are C.J. Lazenby, Tom Stiles, Mo Preventure, Daniel Gunther, and Steve Tatori. Narrator is Alyssa Keene. And executive director of Jack Straw Cultural Center is Joan Rabinowitz. Theme music by St. Helens String Quartet, produced through the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, For Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>